So, um, what are your favorite moped sounds? Son of a bitch! <laughs> I don't have a can to crack! I don't know, like, touch a fly, was it moving? Like, no, nah, I feel pretty locked up. Sounds like a fuck, dude! So, what's up? Welcome to Open Money Podcast. We're back another week doing the thing. Um, once again, don't know what episode it is. It doesn't matter. It's up there. Um, yeah, we're live on the air already with the Syndicates Moped Club from Denver, Colorado, which is close to my heart because my club's originally from Denver, Colorado. So what's up, boys? Why don't you introduce yourselves and tell everyone who you are? Hey, what's up? Uh, my name's Graham. Uh, yeah. Uh, hello, I'm uh, Cameron here. Hello. Hello, fine sirs, fine sirs. <laughs> <laughs> you know we're all respectable gentlemen over here guys like you know mopeds are mopeds are clean and for good boys oh definitely yeah there's, there's never been anything illegal done on a moped <laughs> oh dude man let's let's just like you know kick back dude we we kind of started talking before we started recording and we got into some you know we were getting into content and we're like oh guys we gotta stop we gotta stop it you know, they want they want to hear about all our woes, you know. But what's up, man? How, how have mopeds been for you guys this past week? You know, a quick catch up. How's the last week been? Uh, actually, it's been a pretty good week. It was our yeah. first actual ride of the year. Um, you know, Denver, it's cold. So we had like a couple days where they were in the 70s. So went out last Wednesday and did a little ride and, and hung out. So was, this past week's been great. Hell yeah. I think this past week here has been like, the weather-wise has been like super nice. Like our, I'm in Virginia. Like if you guys don't know, if you never listen to podcasts, you don't know where I'm from. I'm in Virginia, and yeah. we don't have real. We have seasons, which is cool. I love Virginia because we have seasons. There's four of them, but like our mm-hmm. winters are super mild. They don't. It gets cold, but it doesn't get really cold. And like every once in a while, you'll get that like two days where it just hits like 70 and then it hits 60 and then it snows like <laughs> for like one day and then it all melts the next day. Like our shit's so like all over the place. You just like, if you aren't from here and you move here, you'll get sick from all the season changes when winter hits. But yeah, same thing here in Denver. Yeah. yeah. Like last week it was 70 and today it's fucking, we got three inches of snow yeah. and yeah. Like 20 degrees. So yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Like make up your mind guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's you know the wild thing. You know those those seventy degree days. You're, you're like, oh yeah, most of it's melted, and you know like there's some some stuff on the road. But yeah, the other night when we were riding, it was it was fine except we took one turn, and it was like narrow street, and there was just you know enough. I, there was a building there, and this, this, so the street but in the shadow, and just enough ice for you to go. Oh shit! Wait a second, we gotta <laughs> slow down for a minute. This street is sketchy. She. Dude, that's crazy. I mean, I don't know. My pets have been good. Like, uh, I'm glad you guys got to get out, you know, get a little ride in. Was it, uh, you guys have a good turnout or was it just like a club thing? Uh, I mean, we posted it. So, like, in Denver, we have like a chat for everyone and we threw it in there, but I think it was, it was only club members who showed up and we wrote over one, what was it, like five or six? Yeah. Maybe not that many, but I think there was five. Good amount. 
Billy Rodover, there's like another uh, club in town. So they, you know, one of their members just got a garage and they were doing a little garage warming party. So we were like, well, we don't just want to go to a garage. And so did a little ride beforehand and went and met up with them. Hell yeah. So how did you guys get into mopeds? Let's go, let's go for each one of you individually and then we'll kind of get into how the club started. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it was, I don't know, 10, probably 10 years ago or so. Uh, one of my buddies, bought one uh i went you know went over to a house party at his place and it was everybody was taking a ride around on it and so you know it took a nice little nice little ride and i I was hooked instantly it was kind of you know I, i need to find one of these so um i don't know probably took a little while uh and then found you know a maxi um got that and rode that for years i mean i you know did the basic like got a, a 15 being and like a bi turbo and like a K star kit and just rode the absolute piss out of that bike for, for years. And I never, I never had issues. Like it was, it was a great bike. So I uh, didn't really get into like a whole lot of performance into it because it was, you know, always not super fast, but fast enough. But yeah. um, I knew I always wanted more, more bikes and to go faster. So sooner or later bought a, bought a couple more and, got more into it, but that's, you know, that was kind of how it all started for me. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I'm fairly new to it. I've really only been in it for about four years now. Um, an old coworker of mine had a moped and I was always really interested in it because I'm a mechanic for work. And so I like to work with my hands and you know, I'd always see those scooters going down the road. I'm like, eh, those are okay. And then I learned about mopeds. I'm like, that's what I want. Yeah. And so I think I was working one day at work and the buddy was on Craigslist and he saw one that was right by my house for pretty cheap. I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm going to go get that one. And so after her, after work, he and I went and picked it up and it was just a, a simple maxi uh za50 that this old guy had and he said he got it for his son but the son never wrote it so it was fairly in decent shape yeah. and i uh, wrote it home and now i've got uh four more <laughs> four more bikes four years later i've acquired one every year since i started so <laughs> fucking obsession bro Mobeds i are, know moments <laughs> are tricky slippery slope gotta be careful yeah <laughs> yeah it is yeah dude that's sick though, man. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I love mopeds. And I love like hearing how like different people like, get into it because it's like, it's such a weird hobby. Like, yeah, it's odd. Like, what do you do for fun? Oh, I ride these little toys around that break, <laughs> you know, but it's the hardest thing is like describing to people. You're like, no, like it's not a scooter. It's not like, reliable. Yeah. For part, you know, you'll, you'll be riding one day and you know, you'll, break down and you'll spend the rest of that ride just fixing it and you're like okay i'm gonna go home <laughs> yeah yeah it's like when does that get old you're like oh, i'm tired of breaking shit like i'm just gonna ride the stock bike that i know is gonna work forever like you're like your simple being set up with the with the pipe and it's like yeah, yeah mild build yeah. like fast enough and they don't ever break <laughs> yeah that's you know that for me it's finding that that midway between i think that's for most people on mopeds is like finding that mid midpoint where it's it's fast but it's also you know not going to break down on it every ride and yeah so 
So one of the homies posted the bike today. They had like the 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 Han the Hobbit GY six with this all the shit, you know. He's like hit seventy, sick, you know. It's like, yeah, that's rad, but like not a lot of people are doing that. No, <laughs> yeah. And if they if they are, like they're they're breaking a lot of shit along the way, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's wild, and I you know I've I've ridden some fast bikes and some friends who have like race bikes and stuff, and I'm like, this is. I mean, it is absolutely invigorating, but it's also just like I don't. I I mean, I'm I'm okay when it comes to tinkering with shit, but I am not that great with with working on stuff, and so it's like, cool man, when this breaks, it's. You know, that's one is, you know, not that they're all pricey, but if you're spending a lot of money and on shit and then it's breaking and you're going out and just buying another one, it's wild to me. Yeah. It gets, I don't know, maybe it's like they, compared to other hobbies like cars and trucks and, you know, you guys are in Colorado, so, you know, overlanding, like, yeah. <laughs> like oh, our, yeah. <laughs> our hobby is definitely like more affordable than stuff like that. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. I think it's funny too because, like, you know, you said like you, Cameron. You said you had been looking at scooters and and like you weren't really into it aesthetically. But I'm like, sometimes I think about it. I'm like, dude, we could all have been come have become scooter people so easily. Like, <laughs> so easily. It's like it's essentially the same shit. Like, we could all been scooter people. It's like so when people are like really hated on scooters, I'm like, ah, come on, man. Like, could have been a scooter guy just as easy. <laughs> Right. Yeah. They they got floorboards, you know, some, some some storage, you know, put your beer under the seat or some shit. Like that's the thing is that you, there's so much more practical and everything, but I don't don't know. It just, you know, I'm not a purist in in the fact that I hate them, but I definitely, I'd love those. You know, it looks like you're sitting on a toilet and it just doesn't, (laughs) you know, it's never really jived with me. And I've, for me personally, like I've always, you know, when I was younger, I always wanted to get like a motorcycle or something, but I knew with the way that I like drive or ride and, and anything like I, however fast that bike would go, I would probably go that fast. So mopeds were like perfect for me because I was like, cool, I can't like, you know, do a hundred and whatever miles an hour. Like I'm, you know, doing 50 or whatever. Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said about, especially if, you, if you've ridden motorcycles or people who ride motorcycles and then you're like, they oh they don't want to ride, ride a moped. Let them ride like a, a mild a mild build moped. Like they'll yeah. they'll have mm-hmm. a blast. The like yeah. the weight to speed ratio is like doesn't really compare. You know, like you can go pretty fast on a moped, and it feels like you're going yeah. a thousand times faster because it doesn't weigh anything. And it's little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like I you know I've got some friends who ride motorcycles and it, so I have a Magnum is really kind of my daily rider right now and so I'm like cool it's the top tank that you know it's comfortable enough for them to be like yeah I think I might be able to ride that around the block without looking too silly or whatever so <laughs> get them on that and they always you know that's that first ride smile when they come back is always like the best thing yeah like they'll never not have a small ride like unless they yeah. unless yeah. they eat shit you know <laughs> right <laughs> unless the brakes fail and they come back scared like <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah, that's one of my one of my friends who like he kind of he bought a Tomos a while back and he rides every once in a while. But the first time I let him ride my bike, I, the place I was living, we had like a rock driveway in the back, and he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna take it around the block." And I was like, "Well, here's you know a helmet and some gloves." And he was like, pretty like standoffish about putting a helmet on. And I was like, "No, you definitely should." 
And I was like, all right, put some gloves on. And he's like, no, like I'm not, I, I it's not that I'm just going around the block. Yeah. Came back, pulled right in the rock driveway and just hit the front brake and just went down and like, you know, got rocks all in his hands. And I was like, see, man, like, you know, I'm not, you know, safety, safety second. Right. So I'm, I'm not always like all about it, but I'm like, you know, maybe it's not a bad idea either. Yeah. Shout out safety second mopeds. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> Dude. I don't know, man. Mopeds are sick, dude. I love them. So, what's the scene like out there now? Like, I want to know how you guys like got started because I know there's like a new wave. There's like you guys, and there's another new young club, and you know, I'm not really sure because I haven't been, I haven't been in Colorado in a couple of years. Like, I think the last thing we did was like that weird like race for pink slip thing in the desert to the mountains, and that was like, oh yeah, the Colfax killer. Yeah, the Colfax killer. That was kind of small. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, the scene's like, it's not too bad. It's not, I want to, you know, say big by any means, but uh, we do weekly rides when the weather's nice. So, I mean, all throughout the summer for sure. But this time of year is always always a little weird and it's kind of week to week. And But yeah, so we do, we do a ride every week. And for me, it's, you know, we can touch on it a little bit later with like the club aspects. But for me, it's it's been all more about like just Denver mopeds in general. Like it's, you know, it's not like, the syndicates have to do this ride every week or whatever. It's whoever, you know, if somebody wants to lead a ride, just, you know, we, like I said, we have a chat and throw it in the chat and say, you know, you want to lead a ride this week or next week or in a month or whatever. And, and we're all there for it. But, you know, there's, there isn't a whole lot of that going on. So, you know, we're, we're kind of the driving factor between having uh, a ride every week. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's always has to be like a young club to like, do that to push it like you know like when we had our, like when sean was out here from denver like when he moved out here from from uh from denver black black dude and he opened his shop and was like all right cool we're doing up on monday every monday like he was yeah. he was the dude driving the the bus bro he was like yo we're doing up on monday every monday meet at the shop and it was like rain sleet snow like something was yeah. happening and like he was pushing it like someone's got to be the one pushing it and like or else it just won't happen. And I like, yeah. like, I love the group, the group chat, like aspect, like Richmond does that. Like Richmond is like, we have a bunch of different clubs here. You know, I think yeah. uh, at one point we've had six, maybe six different clubs, like multiple official clubs, like, you know, maybe not full chapters or like, you know, a whole lot of people in them, but like, you know, enough to be like, we had enough people that we could have like a club and a half, but like, it was like six different clubs. <laughs> right. Right. So we all share like the same group chat and it's like, that's kind of how like rides would get planned and shit would go down. But like without like a, you know, a set in stone, like ride, like someone's gotta be like, okay, we're going to, we're going to do one here. We're going to do one here. Like for a while, I really wanted to like try to figure out a way for like us to split it up. All right, cool. Like third Friday or, you know, third Saturday, you know, some shit one day a month where it's like each club like switches off. Who's going to host like a ride this month. And it'd be like, that way it's not like super pressing. Like you get one day a month where it's like, we're really trying to get everyone out. And like, you mm-hmm. know, this club hosts the ride and they make like a, they make the right, you know, to make the route, you know, they fucking have an end spot where we're at, whether it's a bar or brewery or, you know, a restaurant or like someone's house to cook out, like, and they take care of everything. Like, yeah, you know, like one mini rally a month. I think that'd be sick. But right. It's like, yeah. It's so hard to like get really get people like to back it. I'm like, come on, man. Like, out of your like people in your the six seven people in your club you can't like 
take one day a month, like make shit really happen. Yeah. And that's, I know there's some clubs out there where they do like, you know, every, their weekly ride or whatever, but then they'll do, you know, like the last Friday of the month or the first Monday or whatever, whatever it is. And they're like, this is like the official one where like more people should be showing up to or whatever. And I, I've always liked that idea too, but you know, for us to with not being super small, but small enough, we're just like, Hey, whoever wants to come out whenever, like, you know, we'd love to have you. How many clubs are how many clubs are in Denver right now? Uh, I mean, there's obviously Black Black. Um, I don't. I mean, there's us, and then there's Makuza. Yeah, and then I don't. I don't know of any other. I knew there was like a couple Huddle Cutter members out here, but I don't know. You know, I don't know what's up with that. Yeah, I know Denver's like really big too, so it's like the Denver slash surrounding areas or whatever, like you guys are super spread out. So I'm not sure what kind of side of town, like everyone's on or, you know, whatnot. Yeah. I think to be honest, we probably have, I think we have somebody from every corner of the city and, you know, we've got somebody in the middle. We've got somebody in the South East, Southwest, Northeast and Northwest. So we all kind of, you know, come to the center of the city. I think most of our meetups are, you know, downtown for the most part. Sometimes occasionally we'll have meetups in whoever's respected side of the city, which can be fun because, you know, those people from the Northwest will go down to the Southeast and it'll be a part of town that they don't really know all that well, but the person or people that are from that part of town are like, oh yeah, this is this cool route that we can go on through this one neighborhood that, you know, is this specific style? So yeah, that's fun. It's totally different styles of riding, different scenery. Uh-huh. Can't beat that. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. why we all go to rallies, right? If I can ride something different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I feel like that's a uh, one thing like we're blessed for like here because our city is really small. Like Richmond's small. Like I can't. Mm-hmm. I wish I like knew like the fucking like oh it's it's twenty fucking miles long. You know, like I don't know. Right. I don't know how to, how to describe it but it's small. <laughs> so no, right, yeah. no matter what side of town someone's on, like we're all pretty close to each other. Like where mm-hmm. it's not like annoying to ride a moped from one spot to the other. It's like, yeah. I think Thomas is like maybe the farthest out, like at a, out of everyone that's like in our like community. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of nice. And it's, I'm, I don't know. I'm envious of that in some ways, but then the other way I'm like, it's nice to, you know, go, go to other parts of the town that I really don't ever go to and and we're able to you know ride around there and i don't know i don't know if you've ever been or flew into denver came into the airport but uh cameron let a ride out there what two i think it was like two years ago we tried to go last year and the construction was real bad but that's you know the denver airport compared to where denver the city is is just so far away and like rising yeah yeah i think it was i don't know i don't even know the mileage but it took us a good probably an hour to get out there, you know, without even accounting for our, the little stops we made. Yeah. Well, I feel like once you get out there though, it is like open road blasting. It's like, all right, cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty That's long stretches I mean, when you know, get out there because it's the middle of nothing, like middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. We can do, we can do rides around town, but because you're stuck in traffic or with lights or whatever, you're like, cool. Yeah. That was an hour. And you know, we did like 15 miles or whatever. And then you do something like this where you're actually able to, open it up and really, really get going. Yeah. I remember like my, my first time out, like uh, when I was still prospecting for black, black, we, um, 
they had I think it was the year we did the um we did the scavenger hunt rally and I was on like bus detail and like picking people up from the airport detail. I was like, oh, all the shitty jobs, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, was that that was uh, Black Moon Rising. Yeah, yeah, that was that was fun. Yeah, that was, that was a good time. Fucking mm-hmm. like the triples race, like, like I still have like the the best memories from like that rally, dude. Like, no. who has a triples race? All right, we're riding dubs. No, we're riding triples. Three people on yeah. a bike <laughs> racing. <laughs> Yeah, you got the cupcake and then someone else sitting on the back. That was that was great. And that I mean what that was when all the guys riding the tat came through and so they had like some big beefy enduro kind of mopeds. Like yeah. that was really cool. Yeah, that was good. That was a good year for sure. Ugh, so what are the what are the, what's been going on, man? You guys been hitting rallies out there? Uh yeah, so we did uh what? The this could be us in Idaho last year. Yeah. Um that was kind of that was Cameron's first rally ever. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It was a great first rally for me. I think it was definitely far enough out of my, you know, zone of the country where it was something special. So how far was the drive for you guys? Uh, 16 hours. Okay. I think it was like 12 or no, 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 it was like 12 hours. Yeah. 12 hours total. I think we stopped in Salt Lake, not Salt Lake, uh, Logan, Utah, for overnight and then I think it was eight hours to Logan and then another four or five, another four or five to Caldwell, yeah. Idaho. Twelve's legit. Like I'd, I'd go to Premier Genie Rally 12 hours. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, that was, you know, that was a lot of fun. It was, it was, I think originally supposed to be kind of a one day thing, but I think there were enough people coming into town and were like, Hey, what are you doing? Like Friday night also. And like, is there anything going on Sunday? So they, you know, kind of, I don't know if forcefully is the right word, but had a, <laughs> a couple, a couple rides or a couple things, but that, I mean, they were, they were great. That was, that was a lot of fun. And, uh, we were able to, you know, hang out with, with, uh, some other clubs there. And so that was, you know, a, a great time. And then we did the Santa Fe, uh, goat heads rally, uh, back in September. Yeah. Fucking goat heads, boy. I feel like you guys are kind of like tight. Like that's like when I see on the internet all the time. I'm like, oh, dude, like goat heads, like syndicates. You guys are like getting like pretty close. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're... Only, it's only a five hour, forty five minute drive down there, so it's you know fairly close for us. Yeah, yeah. And the, I mean, they've come through quite a bit, and even you know they they've got a couple people up in Montana, and like you know if their Montana family are coming through well we're always like yeah you can you know stay with us or come for a ride or or whatever as you're passing through so now we we love to go ahead there's some of our favorite people yeah i like i love that aspect of mopeds like when like you really start getting close with like another club or something that's like you know nearby and then you guys like start bonding and you're like oh like it's always i don't know it's good to see for sure yeah yeah definitely so I, that's, I mean, as far as syndicates go, but I, I've done like probably just more so like West coast, like Seattle and Portland. Like I went to the national rally in Portland. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Seattle's always, always a blast. So. Oh yeah. They gotta make it to the Midwest or something, man. It's gonna make some I know. Yeah. That's the hard thing is like, you know, Denver, Denver's kind of like an Island. I mean, other than Santa Fe, like there's, Cheyenne, Wyoming, which I don't know anybody who rides in Cheyenne. If you, if you ride in Cheyenne, you let us know and we'll we'll work something out. Uh, but at, you know, outside of that, it's like Kansas City or Omaha, which are you know both eight to ten hours away. And you know, if you go west, it's like 
Las Vegas is like the next, next big city and that's like 12 hours. So it's kind of wild, but I mean, you know, we're, we're definitely uh, going to try and make it to a few rallies. I think we're going to try and make it out to Seattle this year. And then we want to branch out next year, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel that it's something far. Like I think when we drove there, it was like 25 hours or something. Mm-hmm. Like I've driven it three twice. I drove it twice. So I was like, man, that's like when it starts getting brutal. You're just like, yeah, you know, you get like the teens. I'm like, All right, I'm cool with that. Like 16 hours or something. I'm like, I'll do that. Like, that's fine. Yeah. Like 12 easy, like anything under 10, like, okay. no brainer. Like, yeah, you know, but when you start hitting like 16, 17, 18, 20, you're like, <laughs> like I'm, I should have bought a plane ticket. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like half yeah, I mean, just like, oh, I should have bought a plane. <laughs> yeah, that, we're trying to, you know, with Seattle, we're gonna trailer some bikes out, and we're we're trying to figure out the idea of like some people drive out and then they get to fly home, and yeah, then people who drive back. Yeah, I like that. And then you only, you just buy one way tickets, so your tickets are cheaper. You know, you're yeah. sharing, sharing the load. Or yeah. Find, you hire a new prospect and like, listen, man, you're responsible for driving all these bikes out here solo. <laughs> yeah. Drive. Yeah. You got to get the drive solo. Do not fall asleep because you're going to ruin everyone's fun. Yeah. All the pressure. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, we got a, there's, so we have like six members and then we, uh, we just got three prospects. So it's pretty hefty, dude. Three at one time. That's pretty solid. Yeah, you know, I mean, we we had all been like the the six of us, and we so we lost two members. Like they both moved out of Denver, um, so it was like you know we all we were all kicking around the idea, and then there was there was a couple more people who were like you know had had started riding with us, but weren't quite you know had, hadn't been around long enough for us to be like extend that all the branch quite yet. So, but they've you know they've been showing up and and doing doing the moped thing so happy to happy to have them and and you know hopefully hopefully get them as official members you know sooner rather than later yeah hell yeah and there's something we said it too about like prospecting with like a prospect buddy like you know you come yeah. in, you come in in a clash like uh like i think our last time we we got it was like three it was yeah we had three prospects and then like one person got repatched like after losing theirs. And I was like, Oh right. dude, it was like, yeah, you guys are the class of 2000, whatever, whatever, you know, it's like, you, you got your buddies. Yeah. And then like you, that kind of gives you someone that you're like, might be more close with in the club too. Cause like they were going through the same, like, Oh, we're trying to get into this thing like together. Yeah. That, and that's, you know, that's huge. And also, I mean, not that we want them to like compete with each other, but it's like, you know, Hey, we've, you know, we've tasked them with like leading a couple rides and we're like, you know, for them to be like, I got my ride done. Like, when are you doing yours? And kind of, so just making it more, you know, getting them more involved and in, in with each other. I think that, you know, camaraderie is huge. Yeah. little bonding session. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. How's the uh, shop scene out there? Cause I remember you guys had, what was it? Moto Ocho or something like that. Yeah. So Moto Ocho left. So really, I mean, there isn't anything there's, uh, there's like a scooter shop in town and we always seem to bump into those guys and you know, like the owner, the owners talked to us a few times. He's like, you know, anyone who like wants to work on these or like, Nope, not really. Not for like customers. Honestly, <laughs> um, I spent, I spent a little time working at Moto Ocho. 
uh, not like mechanic or anything, but just kind of, you know, kicking around the shop and helping out, but just seeing, seeing some of the issues, like, you know, you get people who bring in bikes who've never been touched and they're like, just get it running. And you're like, well, it, it really needs like, you know, a couple hundred dollars worth of stuff, but I, I can get it running for you. And then they come back a week later and they're like, the chain snapped. And it's like, well, yeah, it's a 40 year old chain. Like you told me to get it running, not to do the restoration that I told you you should have done. And yeah. so it's, it's just, it seems like a hard life, man. Yeah. I, I believe that would be a very hard job. Like I, I respect all the guys who are doing it. Like shout out Ed's moped, shout out, you know, magic touch, like mopeds in Chicago. Like, all, all you like who are making mopeds a career like <laughs> that shit's yeah. hard for sure because yep. i don't know man like fixing bikes for yourself is already hard enough and then like when you throw in like i don't know when you make your hobby like a job like it makes it harder like it's more stressful i feel yeah unless yeah, like, unless people just want you to like do all the things to make it 100 percent legit then like they're going to have problems and it's going to come back to you. And even when you do make it a hundred percent legit and it still might come back to you. With yep. some yeah. It's like you're, I call it like, I know I've talked about this show before, but I call them like moped children. Like every time you like sell someone a bike, you've like birthed a new moped child and they have your phone yep. number and they know where you live and they will yep. contact you at any hour of the night to come save them. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. That's yeah. It's, it's, it's rough. And especially in the, like, if you have the shopping and be like, no, sorry, that wasn't during shop hours. But yeah, if you're just like, you know, Hey, you should buy this. And then they're, you're like, yeah, I can, I can help you tinker with it or whatever. And we, I mean, we've been around town at bars and people are like, Oh yeah, I got a 78 Pinto. And like, do you, do you guys know anyone who works on them? Or we're like, no, like, well, <laughs> And we've always told that, like, if you, we do shop nights every once in a while and we're always down to help other people, like kind of figure stuff out, but I'm, I'm not going to go over and I'm not going to sit there and do the work for you and then have you complain about it afterwards. Like that's, you know, yeah. that's just a wild, wild part of mopeds where it's like, no, nah, man, I'll show you and teach you stuff, but I'm, I'm not going to, you know, do it for you. And then if it breaks, that's on me. Like, no, like they're mopeds. That's what they do. Like that's the fine line. It's like, especially when you're trying to like grow your scene or your club or your community or whatever. Yeah. It's like, I just take anyone who's got a moped that wants to get into it. I'm like, Hey, like here's our group chat off the start. I'm like, here's our group chat. Here's all the resources. Like here's the links. Here's the websites I use. Like here's moped army. Here's the forums. Here's the Facebook groups. Like yeah. you need to look at all of these. And like, if you want to learn how to work on this stuff, like I can help you. Like we can have you show you someone in the group chat knows like someone who's got more time. And that's the hard thing too. Like it takes time to work on mopeds, man. Like, yeah, I like get, I have less and less of the free time to spend on like other people's stuff. I barely have the time to work on my own stuff. Like, hence why I have a garage full of broken bikes, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's like you want to like help them and you want to bring someone along. You want to get them into it. And I don't know some of that's hard, man. Like, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's so hard. And I mean, huge shout out to Derek. Like he's, he's been a huge, I mean, you know, he's always willing to help people out. And I know he's been doing it a lot longer than any of us have. And yeah, he's, he's still always forever. super willing. Yeah. Slinging bikes, man. Little flipper. <laughs> Dude, he's, I mean, he's great. I mean, he's, you know, super knowledgeable and always, always willing to like share knowledge and stuff. So that's, you know, that's, that's something that I've, I've always tried. I don't have nearly as much knowledge, but I'm always like, yeah, it's, you know, 
I'll help you out or here's, here's what I found that works or, or whatever. But, you know, you can always look stuff up on, on Moped Army, but, and that's not how I've always, like, I'm terrible at learning, like just by reading a forum page and being like, Oh, I think that makes sense. So, you know, for me, I've just got to sit there and learn the hard way four or five times. And then, then I've kind of got it down and I don't, I don't mind sharing that knowledge as opposed to, you know, Oh, I figured it out the hard way you should too. So half the part of like fixing mopeds is like diagnosis. So like when you have this, when you have the same problem happen to you multiple times, then you know the signs of what that problem is, and it makes it easier to fix because it's like you don't have to hunt for it and try to figure out what the problem is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's you know they, that it makes it so much easier to like you know side of the road diagnose whether you're going to be able to make it back or meet up with the ride or if you're going home for the night. Yeah, like we we rode the other night, me and Thomas, and like you broke a clutch spring and we were like, Oh, we know what that is. Like, it was just like, there's no idling. All right, cool. We're running every stoplight till we get home, you know? Yep. (laughs) So I don't know. It's kind of funny though. Like I remember like, like Moto Ocho, like last time I was there, I was like, yo, this place is pretty cool, man. It was a legit spot, like nice little setup. And I was like, dude, like this is a cool, cool little moped store, but like, it's so hard to like keep them around. It's like, I don't know what it would take to like really have one last you know yeah someone who's just willing to make that their life <laughs> yeah and i mean you know it's just it seems like a hard and it you know like we were talking earlier like making money on mopeds is hard enough as it is you know to to buy a building and and have parts and everything else like it you know it makes it makes it real difficult and you know there's so many different motors and mopeds and everything you know you've got to kind of have not everything on hand but pretty close or know how to diagnose stuff pretty easily and so it, it definitely takes like some real knowledgeable people and like you were saying i mean hands down to to anyone out there who's doing it because it it can be i've you know not only the customers but obviously the bikes themselves are are you know can be finicky finicky little machines yeah and they can come in any shape or size and condition it's like Yo, like I had someone hit me up this week and was like, dude, I got these. Someone gave me these mopeds. Like, and I'm like, huh, a thrashed ZA50 and like <laughs> an, an okay looking Minarelli. I'm like, no one in Richmond's had a Minarelli in like years. Like, we got one homie who still has a Minarelli. Like, all our like Minarellis like went to the wayside. We were like, you know, we're out. <laughs> we're yeah. Out. Richmond's out of the Minarelli game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we've got we've got a couple of Minarellis bopping around. We've got you know a couple of different bikes. I, I I'm mainly like Pook. I, I did get my first V1 this year, so I'm pretty stoked on that. But yeah, definitely a, a good mix of you know. I think there's not not a whole lot of French bikes, but there's a handful. Yeah. So what's the rest of the club looking like as far as uh, bikes go? Uh, we got uh, oh I I've got mostly Pook. Uh, we've got couple guys with hobbits um one guy with a i think at least one french bike well he sold all the other ones so yeah oh. one one french bike but got a couple of italians yeah i've got an italian now v1 uh yeah so. definitely you know there's there's definitely a good mix yeah not a whole lot of tumors Surpri- yeah surprising right right yeah i'm like that's like, you know, you have people who are like, that's all they have. It's like, you know, I only buy Tomoses. I don't know if they're, you know, probably as reliable as you're going to get, right? Yeah. I mean, 
I've had some so much that I just hated. Like, oh, this thing sucks. Yeah. But like. It wasn't always, it was never really my like, go-to. Like, I never was like, yep, I'm going to keep this Tomos and I um, know I'm going to ride it around. So I've had a lot of experience, like, fixing Tomoses for other people, but not so much for, like, saving it for myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I've, I've wanted for a while to get into, like, the the Derby or Hobbit game, but I'm also like, you know, dude, I've, I've got all the parts kind of sitting there for, for Pook, so it makes it kind of hard. But I'm, I'm excited. You know, I bought, I bought the V1 and... I uh, took it for for one ride, and we went probably down one of the the worst roads. Mm-hmm. The worst roads we we typically ride around, and it snapped like an ex, uh, the exhaust bracket. So, just got to get that fixed, and it should be should be good to go. Yeah, I mean, there's like having one brand of mopeds is like probably the best idea. Like, <laughs> if you start collecting a bunch of mopeds, and they're they're all the same motor, all the same setup, and they're all like. Like you have the redundancy in parts and like kits and pipes and all that stuff. It makes it really awesome. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man, like there's something about wanting them all. I feel like mopeds are like yeah. fucking Pokemon or something. I'm like, oh, I want to collect <laughs> one of each. <laughs> I catch them all. I've been, you know, that I think originally years and years ago, I was like, oh, I'm only ever going to have pooks and blah, blah, blah. And like promptly after that, I was like, no, I kind of want, a little bit of everything, but there's, you know, I'd say bikes that pop up for sale, unless it's, you know, from, from somebody like in the chatter or around town that, you know, it's almost all pooks that I see. Like there's, there's very few other bikes that pop up. Yeah. It'd be a Hobbit every once in a while. Yeah, but. Hobbits, yeah. Hobbits are sick, man. I gotta, I gotta love them. Yeah. I mean, we've, yeah, we've got, you know, I know two for sure guys who, who ride in the Denver scene that got pretty, pretty quick hobbits and like that, you know, they spend good money, but it, it's worth it. And they they seem, you know, they got pretty reliable builds. So, yeah, I mean, they're cheater. Like we, we always used to call them the cheater bike. Like in Richmond, we're just like, yep. Cheater bike. You look, you buy a hobbit. And as long as you pay 52, you like throw a, a pipe on it and your bike's doing mid, you know, forties, so like lower, low forties. Yeah. Like, all right, cool. My stock moped's doing 43. Like, yeah. what else do I need to get around town? You know, it'll climb any hill. It'll, yeah. It'll never break down. Like, it, you know, it's a pretty great setup for, like, a cheap moped. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And that, you know, I just, the dual, like, you know, a nice derby would was always the same thing. Like, you're going to climb any hill just fine, so. Yeah. Dude, I got my, like, box, like, running recently and, like, that thing's been sick, like to ride around, like, I don't know, super comfy, like might as well be a scooter, like storage under the seat, like fires right up. I'm like, dude, this thing's sick. Yeah. Yeah. One, uh, one of our club guys has like a, what is it? It's like a Fantic three speed. Like that thing is pretty, pretty wild. The B1. Yeah. That's one thing I like to collect, like, or, like, get into. Like, the Fantix made, like, some of the most original, like, cool frames and stuff. Like, yeah, they're just, like, really rad-looking mopeds. And, like, you don't find them often. So, I'm like, oh, like, I'd never find one that in the real world, you know? Just, like, some Craigslist find. Like, it's, like, one of those things, like, yeah. all right, you got to get this from Dose or something. Yeah. Yeah, that, you know, Dose is great for stuff like that. Yeah, like... I don't know. Rare, that's where I'm at. I want to collect just like the bikes that I really like now. Like, 
I don't want my, yeah. my like I've had a garage full of shit, you know, for years. Like, oh, I got all these Tomos and all this stuff that I don't really care about. Now I'm like at the point where I'm like, I want to get rid of all my bullshit and I just want to have like whatever horde of bikes that I'm like keeping to all just be like the the cool shit, the cool bikes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let me crack this can. You know, I'm gonna there miss, you go. This one from earlier, you know. Should have cracked mine in the mic and didn't <laughs> think about it. Dude, we're sipping. But yeah, like uh, we were talking about, like just like col- rare collection and like your like what you would really want to have in your garage. So it's kind of like diving in that for you guys. What what would be if you could have ten bikes in your garage? What would they be? Oh, uh, ten. Ten's yeah. hard. <laughs> I don't know if I need that many. Okay, I, I, these, <laughs> no, dude. Let's go. Let's go five. Five keepers. I would. I would love ten bikes, but I don't know. It'd probably be. Probably be a range of just like a little bit of you know like good Italian. I don't want to say good French bike because I don't I don't believe that there are any good French <laughs> bikes. That way. Shots shots fired. Uh, no, I don't know. You know, like a Hobbit. Like I don't know a stupid like like I love like stock bikes. I like fast bikes and everything, but I I do love just like the the speed of a stock bike just being like. You know, a good solid like thirty, thirty-five. Yeah. So. No matter what you do, wide open throttle for hours, it'll only go thirty-five. Yeah. yeah, but it's gonna do it for hours and hours. You know, that's it's not bad. Yeah. So I don't, but like couple dream bikes, like a decent Magnum. Like I've never been upset with the Magnum that I have, except for it has like drop bars, which. I've been really lazy on putting taller bars on it because then I got to, you know, do all new cables and shit, which I'm, you know, just lazy in doing because it rides just fine now. So, mm-hmm. but, uh, I don't know. I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm not very picky. I kind of, the, the bikes that I have are kind of really what I've, you know, wanted for forever. I just, uh, I just picked up a Motron trike, nice. so that's uh, something pretty cool. You know, I saw my first trike a couple of years ago, and I'm like, I definitely want one of those. And I know there's a big learning curve <laughs> for it, but uh, you know, I'm I've always wanted one. I thought they were pretty neat. You know, yeah. can hold a bunch of beers in the back for sure. So yeah, I, feel like I don't trikes know. Are always can... cool. You just gotta like, you just gotta have like somewhere where you have enough space to store a trike. <laughs> Yeah. 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 yeah like, they, they're cumbersome to even just move around, man. Yeah. You're yeah. sacrificing uh, space for two bikes for one. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you that the bike that I always thought that I wanted, and now that I have it, I don't care to ride it that much as a Maxi N. Mm, yeah. Rigid bikes. Rigid, <laughs> yeah. Rigid, rigid. You know, maybe, maybe if I was like 10 years younger or whatever, I'd be all about it. <laughs> yeah, dude. But, the, the rigid you know, swinger fucking. <laughs> yeah. And that's when I, so when I went out to the, the Portland national rally, uh, so I, I have like a couple of buddies who live in Seattle. So they were, they just drove a bike down for me. So I was able to like fly in, which was just great, yeah. but yeah, rigid bike. And it, it was a blast to ride, but it also like the no pedals. So it just had foot pegs and they were round as shit. So anytime I tried to kind of lift my ass up to go over a speed bump, like my feet would slide off. So I just <laughs> ended up having to, having to kind of eat all the, my, you know, take all the bumps on, on my ass, yeah. but it's yeah. all right. Just lower. I wanted, just I wanted to that. Yeah. <laughs> well, night sleeping in tents all weekend, you know, that, 
it's that rally life. You get home that, that after the rally and you're just like, cool, I need like a good week to, to kind of get back to normal. Recover. Dude, we'd come back from rallies and be like, because we were doing Moped Monday so religiously for so long, like we'd get back yeah. in town and be like, all right, guys, Moped Monday tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone just comes out. So it's like we'd have like, we'd always have like a fourth day of the rally, you know, but it'd be at home. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, I mean, we did that with like Santa Fe kind of, I mean, they did it over Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of nice. And then we got, you know, I think we came home like Sunday or whatever, but a couple people came back through Denver this way. And so we were like, cool. Like, you know, we just did a ride that night when they came through town and we were like, you know, posted in their rally chat. We're like, the rally's not over. We're still riding. <laughs> so. That's tight. Dude, I don't know, man. Like thinking of, I'm trying to think about the mopeds that I really want to keep, man. Like. Like I have like my box and then I have the Fox and I have the Cobra and I have yeah. like my like my like Hobbit Jailing clone that like I built up or whatever. Yeah. And like I still have my, my frame and tank and stuff from my my top tank Cobra. I'm at my Cobra Hobbit like build or whatever. Uh-huh. So I saw the frame and roller and shit for that. I'm like, oh man, I kinda wanna build it back up so like I can keep it. And like I always wanted yeah. to have like the black Hobbit because like the black one was always hard to find, so I still have one of those. Yeah. Well, and black black man. So. Yeah, and black black. <laughs> I got like I had to have a black bike, and I just sold my uh, I sold my um, my Grand Prix that like I painted black. I was like, haha, I got a Grand Prix. I'm gonna paint it black because I'm in black <laughs> black. And it's like I don't know if people were butt hurt, but you know someone bought it. They'll, they'll, uh-huh. they'll love it. <laughs> yeah. But then I'm just like, dude, oh. like. I, there's other bikes that I know I really want. Like if I can find like a really good Wallaroo, like that'd be cool. Like I want like it'd have to be like the one though. Like I'd only get it if it was like the one, you know. Like I need that teal seat version. Like dose. Let me get like the one legit one. And I'd yeah. be into like a Fantic if I could get like a nice Fantic. I'd never ride it. I'd never right. want to work on it. But <laughs> but it's like but they look so cool. I'm like damn like a Fanic Sprinter or something in my garage would be sick to just look at. Yeah. And that, like, you know, me being into poops for a lot, like an LTD was always kind of like, oh, that'd be cool. But then I was like, I'm never going to ride it. Like, if, it. if it was like a real nice, I'm like, I'm never going to ride it or do anything with it. So no, I like, that's not really a dream bike. Cause I, the dream bike is the one that runs all the time. I think is, is really more than, <laughs> more than anything else. Yeah. And that's where I feel like I'm at. Like, uh, like, I got like a couple bikes running and it's like, okay, cool. I know I can pick any one of these and just go out and ride it. And it's going to like be just fast enough to keep up with whatever ride. And then like, but then while I'm riding, I'm just thinking about the other ones. Like, man, do I really need to have all these bikes? They all, they all essentially do the same thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, and you start like questioning life and that's too much, man. You don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to get that deep into it. You just want to buy the things you want so you can like, standing garage once a week just to stare at them yeah yeah i think i've got like six bikes right now well i've got five and and my girlfriend's got one yeah um and but i i do the maintenance on that so i there's six bikes that i take care of right now i guess is a good way of putting that um and i mean it's you know that's 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 probably enough for me anything more than that you know is is way too much work yeah, that's the thing. It's like it costs time and stuff to keep them all running. So it's like you just have some that aren't running for a while. And, and then it's like, well, yeah. these are just sitting here collecting dust. And I start feeling bad about it. 
<sighs> but you don't want to sell them, dude. You don't want to get rid of them. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. At, like the next end, like I'm, you know, I'll probably end up selling because I'm just not going to, I'm not going to enjoy it. And I think a couple of guys around town would. So yeah. don't want to touch your body anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, and then, you know, I, I've gotten to the point with, you know, six bikes, you know, if one or two aren't running, let them sit there for a while. And then I go back and I was like, I don't even remember what's wrong with this, which sometimes <laughs> is, sometimes it's like a good thing because you get to re-diagnose it and you might've had it completely wrong the first time and you get to figure it out. But other times you're like, I didn't, I can't remember what, why this isn't starting at all. So yeah. I'll tell you from like, I don't really do it in my personal garage, but from when we had like the group shop and like Sean had like a shred shed or whatever, like, notepads we'd put like notes on each yeah. on each seat so it's like okay cool you're working on a bike and like you just put notes on the seat for like what it needed or what's wrong with it so it's like you, you can always like at a glance tell what where you were at yeah that that's a good idea yeah i never thought about that before yeah i don't know i feel like i i refer back to notes all the time and i can't it's my i write like chicken scratch so i can't even <laughs> tell what i wrote the first time anyway so a cell phone notepad dude that's a keeper. That's that. There you go. That's the way to do it. That's what I do for like tuning when I'm like messing with like, especially hobbits and shit that's variated and yeah. like you're changing weights and doing all this bullshit. Like, oh, this weight and this spring and this, you know, like that stuff gets really confusing after a while. It's not like, yeah, I just changed a jet and that's like working on the bike, you know, or you turn the yeah. springs in. It's like, no, you're doing weights and springs and this. And like, so you got to write that stuff down and you'll just never remember. And then yeah. you almost have to like, ride it and then like you know well this is how it, it went this fast at this setup you know yep but then you I, I the mean, notepad and you never look at it again because <laughs> 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 you're just like oh well it runs never mind yeah that, i i think like years ago i did that when i was like with my magnum i was throwing like a new motor on it and like a makuni like bm20 and i was like oh yeah i should probably know what jets in here and all this stuff and so i wrote it all down and then i just I haven't even really, it, it like ran, runs really good. So I'm like, Oh, I don't even really need to reference back to that, but I'm sure one day I'll be doing something similar with like, you know, my bike or someone else's bike. And I, you know, that reference material would be great. Yeah. I feel like that's what like 1977 mopeds was like supposed to be like their like garage thing. It was like, yeah, 1977 yeah. garage. It's like, you just like put your build on here and you put in like your jetting and your carb setup and all that stuff. And the specs are like saved on this website on the internet and like yep. pictures and it's cool. And like, you can go back to this to reference it. And like, it was a really great idea, but like, I don't know how many people are still using it now. You know, like I haven't even like yeah. been to that site in like years, but I'm like, dude, that was a great idea. And like, you can just easily go there and look at all these notes or whatever. Yeah. That, you know, I, I think there was like, I know there's an E50 like tuning spreadsheet through Moped Army too. And it was like, what kit do you have? What carb do you have? What pipe do you have? And like, what's your gearing set at? And like, you know, I think all that was, that was great. And I think not that it's super hard. And now that I'm a little bit better at tuning, like, you know, us being a mile high at altitude, it was always kind of like, hard because i'm like what <laughs> you know what setting do you guys run at sea level and then trying to figure out what that translates to up here so yeah. that's always something funny to think about too like when you go to rallies that are like completely different places <laughs> like driving to a rally in denver and all of us from richmond showing up and being like yo our bikes run like shit and like yeah you gotta spend like the first like couple hours of arriving just like fucking with your bike 
you know, like yeah. someone, someone bring the jets, you know, like that's all we need. <laughs> that was when we, when we went to Idaho, they're like, you know, 2000 feet below us. And I had, uh, my girlfriend, she has like a 15 ding on her bike. And I, I was like, I know this is a jet that's going to run perfect out there and packed up all these extra like inner, t- like just random stuff. And I don't even know why, like I packed inner tubes. So I'm like, I'm not going to change a tire. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. But I was bringing all this stuff like just in case. And I left her one jet just sitting on the workbench. Uh-huh. And so we got out there and that bike did not want to run and didn't want to run. And uh, one of the, one of the mosquito fleet members was like, Oh dude, you gotta just go buy some pantyhose throw it over the air filter and that shit will run. And I was like, dude, that worked. Yeah. Yeah. Homemade fucking fixes for rallies are perfect. Yeah. I know. That's what I love, like sharing knowledge and just like learning, learning, you know, little tricks like that. But I, I probably would never think of. Yeah. I know like the first couple of rallies I went to, like we were like, so we like someone brought like the toolbox with like every tool, you know, we'd be like, the guys in the corner at the rally, just like tuning our bikes and trying to do all this <laughs> shit to them. Like, you know, when we show up instead of hanging out and enjoying ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm glad we got like out of that. And then I started, let me just start going to rallies and be like, yeah, if I have to change anything, I'll change the needle and that's it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't even bother yeah. bringing jets. It's like, yeah, we'll change the needle. It'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean that like, you know, especially like my Magnum with the VM 20, like that bike, I did I've like messed around with the jetting and that and like I've got it as low as, as I could probably go. But there was a time where I was like had like a hundred and eighty jet in there and it ran fine. And I was like, Cool, this is this works. Yeah. And then like I was like, uh, one day I was like, I should probably, you know, see like toy around with it a little bit. Like through like you know, went from one eighty to like one seventy five and like nothing and then one seventy and nothing. And I was like, What is what would like a one fifty do? And like nothing like it didn't change at all (laughs) this is a perfect carb to take to any rally because it's just gonna like always go that's like i feel like that's vms like or like yeah that's that's mccuni in general tm24 vm20 all that stuff literally you just like set it super rich and like it'll it'll run regardless like yeah they don't four stroke like a phbg like you put on a phbg and like it's rich you're gonna really hear the pipe like four stroking yeah. Like, oh man, that thing's just farting its ass off down the street. Like, but you put it on a Makuni and when it's rich, it just spits gas everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, yeah, like it runs okay. It just, my sock smells like gas and my shoe's wet. Yeah. And every restaurant's going to look at me funny when I sit down. <laughs> oh man, that was, yeah. Was, one of my, I think one of my favorite moped stories ever was. Seattle, like I flew in for this rally and had like a loaner bike and I, it broke down or they sold it or I can't remember what happened, but I ended up riding like on, on the last day, they went out to like Vashon Island, which was amazing, but I was riding a Magnum X and it was just like dumping gas all over me all day. And like, you know, rally vibes. I had been, I'd been like drinking and, and staying awake way longer than I should have all weekend. So yeah. not really like thinking about anything and so get back to town go to the airport i don't know how i made it through airport security like my <laughs> pant leg was soaked in two stroke like i reeked of gas and like i think halfway through the flight home i was kind of like oh yeah it kind of smells like gas a little bit like you know my my girlfriend picks me up from the airport and she was like you reek of gas right now and i was like that's when it finally hit me and i was like oh 
got home and like my pant legs were like different colors. Like the, <laughs> I think those pants are still different colors to this day. And I was just like, how did, how did that? That's what told me like, I never had faith in the TSA, but that told me like, they don't do anything. Like what would they do? Do they make you change? They're going to send you back. You know, you got to buy some <laughs> I, like hundred dollar sweatpants from the fucking airport. If, if if I had made, I think I had an extra set of pants on my backpack, but I don't know. I probably would have thrown those pants away and figured something out. <laughs> but I was just like, I, I can't believe, you know, somebody reeking of gasoline. And they're like, yeah, no, go hop on that airplane. It's totally fine. It's like, oh, he'll be all right. <laughs> like, he'll make it. Like, you, may, as long as you make it through the middle detector, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. What was it? We were flying back from... um from Denver, like we went out for the, the Colbex killer or whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, sick, man. I'm trying to fly home. Like, let's bring home all these edibles. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, like, I don't even do drugs, but we just like, I took all the, we took all the edibles and we just mixed them in with, yeah. those, like, you know, regular ass gummy bears and shit and put them in some Tupperware and was like, cool. It's in my bag. I'm good to go, dude. No sweat. I got this. And like, uh, I, I left and like, cause I was so, like I was thinking, I was so focused on like getting these gummy bears back through the airport, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't even bother taking my giant Bluetooth speaker out of my bag. Oh shit! So of course they pull my bag and they're looking through it. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, what, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. I I mean I remember years, obviously like years and years ago when when Denver kind of legalized everything. Like DIA basically. Not in so many words, but they're like, uh, we don't care yeah. at all. <laughs> but whatever airport you're flying into definitely might care. So just, you know, you do you kind of is like, but yeah, it was never like we, it's legal here, so we don't care. But wherever you're going, they definitely might pull you off the plane. So it's like a little flag, red warning. <laughs> Just so wild. I don't know. Is it legal there, or do you guys even have like medical? Um, I think they just legalized it here recently. Like, I don't smoke or do like do the do the drugs, so yeah, it doesn't really bother me either way. I'm like, yeah, you guys do whatever the fuck you want to do. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, Cameron and I don't smoke. So. One of the weird uh, Denver natives that don't partake, but you know, it's it is what it is, and I I'm fine with it. I whoever wants to do it, that's you know, no skin off my back. That's fine. That's all cool for me. But, we had one of our homies yeah. the other day. It was just like, yeah, man, like I used to do like meth once a year. And we're like, what? <laughs> like, <"Skrr!" laughs> that, that's a little, yeah. <laughs> like, what did you just say, dude? I can't believe you said that out loud, bro. <laughs> that's definitely a little different. But. That's how I feel at Moped Rally. It's just like, everyone's, everyone looks so normal. And then like, they just start doing drugs. And you're like, oh, this is casual, huh? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, all right, you know. We're having a rager tonight. Yep. And then, I don't know. There's so much like, you know, drinking and like, I, I love like the after party aspect of like, you know, you go for a long ride, especially like if you're in the sun all day or what, you know, especially during the summer, if it's, if it's hot and you've been riding all day, like it's nice to just have somewhere to go and have a couple beers and, and whatever the scene looks like. But I, you know, I think that's, that's one of my favorite parts of, of no pet rallies in general is just kind of shooting the shit with people. Yeah. The, un- the unwinding, the hanging out, like, People try so hard to find, like, the perfect spot to have their rally, and I feel like as long as you have, like, 
somewhere where people can stand around and talk and look at their bikes and like, you know, like not get hassled, like you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's so that's the hard thing is like, we, you know, we don't really have a shop here. Like everyone kind of has their own, like, I don't, I don't have a garage or anything. I've, I have a basement and like a tiny little shed that I, you know, keep bikes in. So right now in my house, I'm, you know, got two bikes down here in the basement, which got to drain the gas and carry them downstairs and all this. So it's, it's, you know, not great, but we're, you know, we're, uh, we're going to have a rally this year and we're trying to, you know, figure out exactly what that looks like and, and trying to figure out, you know, what, a, what an after party without like a, a garage shop looks like, but we're, we're pretty excited. That's sick. You guys have a date already selected? Yeah. Uh, so I think we're going to do Labor Day weekend. Uh, so, you know, kind of the same time of year that uh, the goats did their rally last year. I think we might try and switch off every other year. So I know there's, I think there's already one rally on the calendar for that weekend. I think it's like the black pipes in Cleveland, but we're, we're pretty excited. Hell yeah. That's tight. Is this, this is going to be a first rally? It'll be our, our first rally that we're putting on. Uh, you know, I think it'll be, think it'll be a good time. We've not got a whole lot of stuff planned out, but we got, you know, plenty of, plenty of meetings set up with, with the club and, and some great ideas that we're rolling around so far, but yeah. That's sick. I think it's fun, dude. Like you got to host like, yeah. You like, once you go to a couple of rallies, you're just like, dude, like we have to do this. You want to bring people to your city. You want to show them around. You want to show them a good time. And like, yeah. I don't know. Everyone likes everyone likes Denver. Yeah, <laughs> not well, a bad place so, to visit. You know, it, it's great, and that's the thing. You know, it's 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 you know kind of Midwest, but it's you know a little West Coast, so it gives everyone like a, a taste of everything. Uh, it's gonna be. I mean, it's gonna be a great time. I think. I think the big thing is just uh, figuring out some some good rides and some good uh, after spots, like you said, some some time where you can you know check out bikes and and talk to people and make sure everything's all right. And you're not paying $9 for a beer or whatever. So yeah, you got to get the beer sponsorship. And you're like, all right, we got mad free yep. beer. Yeah. Let's get it. Yeah. 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 But that's, I mean, we did do like uh we had a, something on the rally count calendar last year, but it was just like a 4th of July, like one day kind of ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we did that. And I mean, that was great. Uh, I've done like a Halloween ride. And for both of those, like we had, you know, people come in from, Santa Fe and, and uh, Montana, and then we've we've done a couple other rides with some other people. So we we have a general, you know, a small small rally kind of idea, but this will be hopefully you know bigger and get get more people even in the Denver community coming out of the woodwork. Like we know, we'll we'll be on like the the Facebook moped army, and we'll see people like in Colorado that are posting. We're like, hey, like come ride with us, man. Like why why aren't you riding with us? And no response, no any. I mean, it's Facebook, so yeah. Well, that's the tricky part, dude. Like trying to like get like Team Rando to like show up. It's like if yeah. Team Rando really got into mopeds. Besides, just like you know, the way from them to get to their job while they have a DUI or whatever the fuck they got going on. Yeah, it's hard, but you know, and that's Denver being such a kind of. Not, I wouldn't call Denver big by any means, but definitely spread out. And getting people to, you know, there's, there's, if you live like way up north or way down south, or especially like if you're out east, like 
there's just not a, a, a lot of super safe roads. So you're looking at instead of what would normally be like a 10 minute drive into like the city center, like probably more half hour, 45 minutes just to meet up with people. Yeah. Yeah. That's that tricky part about bigger cities. Like, yeah. Like, here we're so small. It's like, yep, no matter, no matter what you, you can be in each side of town in 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, definitely not hearing that. So that's, you know, I, I had been leading rides for, for like three, I guess this will be like the fourth year where I've kind of weekly done like leading rides and it's for a while I was doing like catered rides, like, you know, depending on who shows up, like, well, you know, maybe go to your side of town or we'll do this or somebody on a stock bike shows up, we won't go on that road or, or whatever it is. And I've, I, I still like doing that, especially if, you know, there's people like stock bike who kind of want to get into the game. Um, but I'm also like, Hey, like, you know, I've got a big ride planned this week. Like if you're on a stock bike, probably not the week for you to show up or something like that. Yeah. At least like you give them a heads up. <laughs> so they're like, I'm showing up and like, all right, man, you brought your slow bike tonight. We're going to leave you behind. Bye. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, that, like Cameron, Cameron's great at like, he, he likes cruising in the back. He, you know, probably has one of the, one of the faster bikes, but he, he just really enjoys being in the back and just being kind of a sweeper and making sure everyone's safe. So it's, it's great to have somebody in the club who likes to do that regularly instead of, you know, is rotating through. Yeah. I feel like that's the best, like, that's a big part. Like, I feel like that's a big part about like riding with the same people a lot. Like when you have a good group that you ride with often and like everyone can kind of play the same roles like or switch or or can play all the roles, you know, like, okay, cool. We, yeah. we know regardless of who's riding that someone's going to be like taking care of someone who's in the back or if someone breaks down, someone's going to hang out with them and to help them figure it out. Or like, you know, if we have enough people and we have to like, court traffic and like run intersections or whatever, someone's going to yeah. hold the traffic because they know there's someone behind them. They're not just going to like blast off and let the next person have to like suffer or get stuck at a light. Yeah. They, I mean, it's, it's great. Like, that's usually, you know, especially if we, if we have, you know, even 10 to 12 people show up, I'll usually like kind of go over whatever route I'm thinking of with like Cameron and at least one other person and just kind of like, Hey, like, you know, here's the endpoint for sure. Here's the route. Um, and then just having a general idea of like intersections that might need to kind of have somebody blocking or, or just kind of stopping traffic for a second or whatever it is. So. I know, like, my super, like, I don't know, when I think about rallies and planning rides and stuff, like, I like that's why I, I feel like that's the thing I nerd out the most on, but, but that and, like, trying to, like, make it, like, super different, I don't know, I'm, like, too weird and, like, oh, I want this rally to be something that no one's ever done before, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm on that bullshit, like, and everyone in my club hates it, they're, like, what are you doing, dude, like, no, no, we got to do something that no one's ever done before, this has to be some new shit. But like besides that, just planning rides, I'm like, I'm like, I really nerd out on that. I'm just like, dude, like, you got to make sure, like, you know, multiple people in the club know the exact route. Like, there's no like dilly dallying. People, are, you know, they're from your city or whatever too much. They're just like, yeah, man, like, I know how we can get to like wherever we're going. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, regardless, that like they'll figure out how to get there. But it's like they don't care. Like, so if like the leader breaks down and then someone else has to wing it, then like. The, the this cool epic ride that you plan falls apart because the next person is just like oh yeah well I know how to get where we're going yeah <laughs> so I'm big on like you know making sure that like multiple people know the exact route 
like having like route directions like for people that are coming so like if they want to like or they fall behind or something they can follow the exact same path and then there's like the chase truck knows the exact path of the route so they don't have to yeah. you don't have to like drop a pin and call or like you know you just like yep. stay wherever you broke down because the chase truck is sweeping right behind us you know just you know 15 20 minutes back so yep. you know if you break down like you'll get picked up like whether you have a phone or not and then um yep. running glimpse i think is really sick for like rally stuff like that like cool like there's a glimpse and there's a pack leader and like you know exactly where the group's at at all times like if you do fall behind like you just follow this direction on your phone because it'll follow that path and they'll catch you right up to where you're going <sighs> like i, yeah, I, don't know. I, I really cool. nerd out on that on like the yeah. big, like ride planning stuff like i could go on for sure no that. i think it's great and i you know i've talked to like some old heads and they're like dude i used to have like you know, a piece of paper that was like as long as my arm. And it was like, here, left turn here, right turn. Because it was before like cell phones would tell you where you're going. And it was like, here's what streets you got to do. But, you I, know, and I've, I've seen like the opposite of like, you know, so, someone in a city, like they're like, yeah, I know where I'm going. And they'll like take a turn a couple blocks before or something like that. And then people will start following them. And you're like, well, there goes that perfect ride that I planned. But, you know, not a whole lot. Of you know, you're like, you're in charge of your own actions. Like, you know, if you follow that person or whatever, it's, it's, you know, all on you and all on them. It's like, oh man, we lost seven people. They just vanished. <laughs> they show up, yeah. show up 30 minutes later. Like, dude, where'd you guys go? So I've always been into maps and shit. Mm-hmm. And so like with the Idaho rally and the New Mexico rally, I went over the street maps and, you know, general bird's eye view of those cities. And I, you know, no matter what, I'm typically always in the back, not because I'm slow for the most part, but because I like being in the back and I don't know why, but so I think there was one point on the New Mexico rally where the group got split up and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't by any means putting myself out there to say, okay, this is where we need to go. But I let, you know, the person that was, I don't remember who it was, but I don't even think it was a, a goat head, but I was, you know, I let them know, Hey, I kind of know where I'm going for the most part to help get the group back together. And it all worked out, but you know, that's kind of my big thing is, you know, if we hold a rally or if we go out of state or out of town for a rally, I will always look at a map and kind of know somewhat, you know, of the streets and everything, the layout and all of that. Yeah, so. Some sense of direction. Yeah. I don't know. I'm the opposite. <laughs> I just show, <laughs> I show up to a city and I'm like, you, you just show me around and it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's, I, wait, I got lost when we went to Idaho. Well, we got lost. You did? Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. Well, and I don't know. I think, I've got a fairly decent memory when it comes to like picture location. So like I can, we'll ride, we rode past some stuff on at Idaho and then Graham and I got lost and I'm like, okay, we'll just go in this general direction. And we went in that general direction. I'm like, Hey, I recognize that we need to turn right at like the next light. And it worked out and we found the group. And so I think, you know, me being in the back will help with that sometimes. And, you know, even if I'm not from that 
side of this country, you know, I'll have a fairly good understanding. And that's, I'm not, I'm not the opposite, but like Denver, Denver's always so easy because the mountains are always to the West. So you're yeah. like, cool. I like, if, if we were heading North, I know we were heading North because I know like where the mountains. So, but I've, I've also like, I don't know if it's an internal compass or whatever, but other cities, like I'm pretty, pretty good at that too. Yeah. But that was, I mean, that was a wild story because we, it was like you and I, and then one other, uh, I was like Nick from the metal ponies. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> we were riding and we, we got to this like tea. And he like, we pulled over and he was like, I think I got stung by a, a bee. <laughs> and he like lifts his, lifts his hair up and like a bee had like stung him in his neck. Well, we, I was like, yeah, man. We were riding. It, we, it was us three and we got lost from the group or somebody took a wrong turn somewhere. But it was just us three. And we were in these like, I don't know what friggin. It was like wine. It was like wine grape, or grape, grape or corn or whoever the fuck cares. But I don't know. I. I was behind Nick and I think Graham was behind me and these just little black specks just come hit you in your helmet. And I had my visor down and I didn't think much of it. And then we got to the stop sign and Nick pulled his visor or he had his visor up and he's like, I think I got stung by a bean. (laughs) But that's like, I look at it and I was like, yeah, you definitely did. And then I looked down at my gloves and there was a bee like stuck in the knuckle of my glove. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, like I, I was just kind of bummed because I was like, you didn't have to die for that, buddy. Like, I, you know, kind of sad, but I was also like, I'm really happy you didn't actually sting my knuckle while I was riding because that would have really sucked. Oh, dude. That's the worst, dude, than like driving and having like shit fly into your helmet or something. You're just like, oh, you yeah. freak, like freak out moment for sure. Oh, man. We, so for our 4th of July rally, we did, uh, we did a Roman candle fight. And so we, bad, bad, bad idea. Well, I, I guess you're talking to the two wrong people. We were the only two ones that got burned, but yeah, uh, I realized halfway through the Roman candle fight that I had my visor open and like promptly like shut that real quick. But I was like, damn, that could have gone real bad. I got a good uh, burn on my neck because I had everything covered, you know, visor down, helmet on, gloves, jacket, pants, and I don't know, I. It just there's a video on Instagram. If I think it's either on our page or on uh, the, it's on the Syndicate's page. Yeah, you can find it on Instagram. But there's a slow motion video of our buddy pointing it at me, and it's hitting me right in the neck in slow motion. It's an epic video, but it hurt like a motherfucker. Damn, that's no good, dude. I know we did the um the the buzzards had one of their rallies a couple of years back, and we um they. We brought like uh, those uh, Chinese lanterns that you light and they fly in the air. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, like we were like, yeah, we gave everyone Roman candles and we we're trying to like, all right, we're gonna set off the, the Chinese lantern. We're gonna try to shoot it down. Like, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's shoot down the fucking this lantern with Roman candles. So it's just like twenty people shooting Roman candles with this lantern. And they're just bouncing off. We're like, son of a bitch! Like, yeah, how yeah. is it not burning this plastic or paper or whatever it is? And then, like, yeah. 20 minutes later, they started shooting off mortars, and one of them, um, <laughs> of course, they had it on very unstable ground, and one mortar yeah. fell, fell over, like, facing a crowd full of people, and just launched oh, right oh, at oh. a whole group of people, and there was, like, everyone scrambling. <laughs> man, that's wild. <laughs> yeah, those, those mortars, just, yeah, man, those things are nothing to, nothing to fuck with. Yeah, we still fuck with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're still fuck with them. Just make sure they're on steady ground. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that, you know, Denver, like, so I don't know if fireworks are legal out there. They're illegal here. Anything that, like, leaves the ground is illegal. So we got to go to, like, Wyoming or Kansas or whatever to get them. But that, so that, you know, wildfires are, are definitely a thing. So you did, like, for us, we we're like, we need to be in the city, like, in a parking lot, like, nowhere where no vegetation, is, yeah, nothing and around, no rush or anything. So, yeah. And speaking of that, where do you, do you guys, like, ride up to the mountains and stuff? Uh, we've done like, so like our 4th of July, we went up to golden, uh, which is like, I want to call it the mountains. It's more of the beginning of the foothills. Um, I've done a couple rides like in the mountains and whatnot. It's just, it's hard. Like, I don't, I don't know if you came out for that, the uh, black, black, like camping rally a couple years ago. Yeah. But that's, the, that's why I kind of brought it up. I was like, that was like, yeah. a fun rally, but it was, uh, Man. elevation change and weather yeah. change and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, that it can get pretty pretty wild, especially. I mean, elevation change just isn't really isn't really fun for anyone. I mean, it it, it gets real rough. So it's you know, like cities like Seattle, San Francisco. I think that's great because you you got steep hills, but your relative elevation is like kind of the same. Where like here, you can go from like what we're at like a mile high, but yeah, if you go to like two eighty five thousand two hundred eighty feet, then you can go up to Golden and. That's like six thousand, like and then you can go Idaho Springs is the next big town, and I think I don't know for sure, but that's like nine thousand. Yeah, so it's definitely big, big elevation jumps. It's it's enough to make your moped ride like shit. Yeah, and it's like I feel like we I didn't really even notice it, like you know, because you're just riding and like you're going up the hill like so gradually that yeah, you don't even yeah. notice that you're really climbing, and it's like yeah, I mean we've, we've been kind of going uphill. I guess, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. It's why, especially you know, if you if you get a decently like powerful bike, you don't really notice it that much until your bike kind of starts running, running a little crummy. But like going to Golden isn't too bad. Um, you know, I've I've taken like Tomoses like up to like the like mountain mountains and done it like you know seventy five hundred feet, and they were fine. But it, you know, they were newer Tomoses and I don't think much really bugs them and two speeds, obviously like you're like going uphill. So totally. Okay. But yeah, well, with my two speed, you're going uphill at five miles an hour. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> with the Z50 and an yeah, A55, know. you know? Yeah. I remember we went up there to our one home and just like, it started raining. Like we left Denver. We're all wearing t-shirts and like halfway yeah. up, it starts raining and it's cold as shit. And like, like, he almost like got hyperthermia. I was like, dude, this is not good. <laughs> yeah. No, I heard. So I, I missed, like, I definitely wasn't going to make that ride. I was like, Nope, I, I know that's not going to be fun at all. Uh, <laughs> but we just showed up, we showed up to the campsite later that afternoon and missed all the bad weather. Because by the time we showed up, it was like kind of nice out and like sunny and like everything was fine. But I was talking to some people and they're like, no, that was the worst fucking ride I've ever done. Like, you <laughs> know, it, Denver and it was nice and sunny and then it got rainy and I think some people got kind of not like hail but like sleeted on or something and like it just sounded like not fun at all and I was like yeah no that's that's uh you know like we were talking earlier like Denver you can go through all four seasons in like four or five hours so it's you know, lay, layer up and and make sure you're all right but yeah I think even uh even on our well I don't know. Every ride that we go on, I always bring a raincoat, yeah. whether the weather says, you know, it's going to rain or not. Like, cause there'll be 
times when you're going and like there'll be one section where there's a dark cloud and it just starts pouring and then you can go under a bridge and it'll stop so always prepared i like it yeah i mean i i bring a rain jacket and like it's weird because denver's like it doesn't rain that much really but i always bring one one like if it gets chilly that's a nice windbreaker Mm -hmm. too so you know you know you're kind of getting rid of the wind coming through your jacket or t-shirt or whatever you've got on so that definitely helps but it's it's a nice thing to have my uh my rally go bag so i pretty much bring this like every rally with me it always has a portable charger uh, a backup light like Mm. like a rechargeable backup light and i have like one of those like roll up like uh waterproof like camping bags so like yeah, a really like a like a pretty large bag, but it's like it's not like a backpack, you know. But it's like a little like a little bag. I can't remember how to describe it, but like it's just big enough for like my Bluetooth speaker, my my all my like electronics and my phone and all that shit. So if it's like if I I'm at a rally and it happens to be a downpour out of nowhere, it's big enough to put like you know some cell phones and some shit inside, so none of my stuff gets wet. Yep. And then I always have like a poncho or two like in the bag, just like just in case. That's smart. The ponchos are that's I mean that's a good idea. And they don't take up any space, so it's like all that stuff's yeah. like really small and like, you know, it folds up on this little bag and then I'm like, Yep, if I need to, I can just pull this out of my moped and like unroll it and like I got all this shit I need. Yeah. Yeah. That's I I always like I, I ride with a bike backpack probably like ninety five percent of the time and I, I don't know. One day I'd love to not ride with the backpack, but it's always kind of nice having, you know, like a little thing of water and like, you know, I've got a couple tools in there, but it's more of just like a, you know, having a rain jacket and a little bit of room for a couple of things here or there. So you got to embrace the life of a rack. It's all about the, yeah. rack. it's all about the rack bike life, dude. You get a, it's kinda you get like, a nice rack with a nice bag and like it carries all your things for you. Yeah, that's kind of why I wanted the trike too, is because you, you just throw <laughs> shit in the basket and call it a day. So yeah, but then you become like everyone else's like trunk too. You're like, oh, dude, I need you yeah. to carry this for me yeah. and me and me yeah. and him and me. <laughs> I mean, that's so I I carry like a pretty small backpack. Like it's it's more of like a hiking kind of backpack. Mm-hmm. So it's really nice when people are like, oh, you got room for this, and I was like, nope, sorry, man. Like it's it's <laughs> I I got pretty small. Yeah. So, but like, yeah, I'm always the guinea pig. It seems because I, I like Graham. I would like to, you know, one day be comfortable <laughs> riding with a backpack. But I'm always that one that's, you know, got every single ride, no matter what it's the weather's supposed to be like, what bike I'm on. I always bring my backpack with tools, jackets, you know, spark plugs, you know, extra parts, and then I'm always the one that ends up carrying all the beer and. You know, whatever else, my snacks that I need and snacks for everybody else. Yep. It'll be soon I'm enough, okay dude. You'll, you'll grow past it. You'll do. You'll get so annoyed by that that you won't be that guy anymore, and you'll just never <laughs> yeah. have a backpack. That's why the hip bag is really important. You know, you got the exactly. little hip bag, yeah. a little small crossbody or something that like yeah. carries just enough stuff for you and not not enough yeah. space for anyone else. Yeah, we had a um, oh. value should not be named that we. Uh, always try to not speak about on the podcast was our one homie in Richmond that uh he for like years he carried like the because he came from like me and him both came from like riding bicycles so like he oh, came, yeah. so he was like the guy that always had the biggest bike messenger bag like 
giant roll top bike messenger backpack with every tool, every tool known to man in his backpack, all this bullshit, like whole coats, like wardrobe change. I don't know. He had so much shit in his bag, but that was the role he ended up playing. Like, He's the guy who has to carry everyone else's stuff. They're like, yo, do you can yep. carry this for me? Yeah, can you carry this for me? Like, because like he had this giant bag, so you can never say no. Yeah. I know, I know that guy all too. I used to I used to ride like fixed fixed gears around town here. And like there was always that guy who like had that big bag and you're like, oh, can you fit like a 30 <laughs> rack in there? And they're like, uh, I can, I don't want to. And they're like, well, nobody else has a bag. So thanks, man. <laughs> like, oh. And that's, I, I'm slowly learning that too. Like I, I've got like a, it's like a pretty small tool pouch, but it has really like everything that would get me out of trouble. Like if it can be kind of fixed on the side of the road, that's what it is. But I've, I am like listening to you guys talk about riding. You're like, you know what, man, if it breaks down, like I got to lock and I just lock it up, Uber home, come pick the bike. Up. And like, I'm kind of getting more towards that. Like, I'm just like, if it's broken, it's broken. But I, I also like the idea of like, if it's just a spark plug, I'd love to be able to change it real quick. Yeah. I mean, you never had to try to change a spark plug with sticks from that you found on the side of the road. So when you go, <laughs> you know, that's where it's a real problem. I've been, I've been there before. Like, all right, dude, we got to. I know there's there's two sticks right there. I think if I hold them sideways, like I might be able to get the spark plug off. <laughs> Thomas yep. got into the uh, into the habit of uh, he doesn't he doesn't tool tighten any spark plugs anymore. He only finger tightens them because <laughs> the bike will run just fine, and that way he can still take him out if he needs to. There you go. And if you uh, I don't know if anyone's been following the uh, like uh, corn peds channel on yeah. YouTube. Like yeah, you man. Know, he had a video recently about about side gapping the spark plug, and apparently, you know that helps your plugs uh, fire and burn cleaner, so that you don't foul plugs ever. So you know that's worth a shot. You know, check it out, Corn yeah. on YouTube. And like, Dude, I know he's, he's got some great content. Yeah, some great. Doing, con- I, I recently did now. the I did the zip tie tire thing the other day. And it, I hate the I hate the amount of waste that it is, but it, it is by far the easiest way I've ever put a tire on a rim. Yeah, I remember like the first time I saw someone do that was um Mike Beery did had, like had his blog going when everyone's like doing moped blogs. Like he had this blog back in the day, and he did like uh gila with like zip ties or like like that or whatever. Like, no. not, not a gila, fucking uh. Ugh, now I can't even think of the word of the tire, the fucking gazelle. He did a gazelle like that. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm pointing, Cameron's looking at me. I'm pointing at one right now, and I was like, I know what it is, but I couldn't think of the name either. So. <laughs> it's been a while since I've said it, because I never, because I, I haven't had gazelles in a while. Like, they don't, they don't make them anymore, so. I know, the indestructible tire, they run forever. You never have to, never have to replace them. Well, what is the new one? I mean, it's the same, but it's, it's like the, new one. It's the Michelin Pilot Pro or whatever. City I don't know. Pro. City Pro. Yeah. yeah, the old ones, dude. They were like fucking moped run flats, dude. What what flat tire? Nope. The tire's hard enough; it'll never get flat. Uh, you know, saying that, like, I had one. Not it never ran flat, but I, I had one where I had a flat, and I was like, cool. I know 100 percent I can make it home on this. And I was like, you know, taking it slow and going. And then my rear wheel locked up on me and like the inner tube had popped out of the scene <laughs> and like wrapped around the tire. And I was just like, cool. So yeah, the tire is indestructible, but if, if the bead breaks and the tube pops out, then that kind of defeats the purpose. Right. Yeah. That's a real shit show. 
but I just took a knife out and cut it up and, and continued on my way. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. But he's been killing it. I know we were talking about Maxi ends and shit late earlier. And I was just like, dude, I don't know if you follow him on Instagram too, but like maze, uh, cut up a maxi in <laughs> and, and, a, yeah. and a regular maxi and like what are the two halves together and i'm like yo the butt hurt that the internet's feeling right now <laughs> i i love butt hurt bills like for a while that was my yeah. obsession my obsession was like yo like fuck building like cool bikes that everyone loves like i i i never really did it because uh because i like cool bikes that everyone loves yeah and i don't want to waste my money but the idea of like only building bikes that made other people upset was really like really fun to me like in my mind i was like oh this is hilarious like i think that'd be the best thing ever like every bike you build just makes someone else upset and that's what he's doing right now it's like yeah you just cut up a maxi in and welded it with a regular maxi like everyone in the and their mother is going to be like, why didn't you just put the engine on the other frame and save the maxi in? What are you doing? So, yeah. I love it. I love it. And when that video drops, I'm just going to like, I'm going to share the shit out of it, dude. I'm like, yo, everyone's, yeah. everyone's butthurt right now. Yep. No, I, I, I'm the same way. Like to go back, I think a chopper maxi is like a bike that I would love to have in my 10 bike garage. Like, you know, they, it's not on the same level of like pissing, you know, making people butthurt, but I, I think that would be a great, great bike. Uh, who I forget the Lomos, I think is one of my favorite builds that I've seen. Yeah, dude. I'm looking at, I'm looking at it right now. I got the, uh, I got a uh, moped merch's 2022 calendar sitting on the, yeah. on the table and the Lomos is right there in front from our homie, uh, Conan from the smug squad. Yeah. I think that, you know, what the, I mean, the Toby, the Toby's like, you know, one of the all time, I think best builds that I've ever just kind of top 10 seen. Like, yeah. Top 10, I mean, most detailed, best build, all this shit from scratch, like crazy metals involved from a master welder, like one of the coolest bikes ever. And it's fast as shit. Yeah. It's dumb fast. Like, yeah, one of the best bikes ever made. I mean, absolutely insane. And so, I mean, I that's great. And like, you know, Ryan Cranks, like there's so many people doing so many great things with mopeds right now. And I'm just, I'm all about it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Dude. I'm like sitting here looking at my wheels. I have like my, uh, my dirt, my dirt ped wheels sitting in the, uh, in my studio too. And they're like brand new, like powder coated five stars from Treatland with like the disc brake conversion front and back. And like, the hard, the hardest full dirt tires I've ever touched in my life. Like this rubber is like rock hard. It was the hardest tire I've ever installed in my entire life. Oh and man! Like, I, like to the point where I couldn't even tell if like it filled up with air when I filled it up. I'm like, right. I filled it with air, but like the tire is so hard that I couldn't even tell like if I if it filled up or not. I, like I'm like, yeah. are they are they tubed or tubeless? They're tubed. Okay. But Damn. like I don't know, I got the tires from Treatland and like there were just okay. like some crazy knobby tires that they were selling. I was like, Oh dude, I'll buy these. Like, sure. I'm like, why not? Mm-hmm. Like and they're yeah. they're crazy, dude. They're like a one forty pro, some shit. I can't remember what they are. But I I don't know. I'm like looking at them, I'm just like, dude. Speaking of like the bikes that keep in the garage, I'm like, my list keeps growing because like I have yeah. like the dream bikes that I'd love to build 
you know, there's like the bikes that you really want to buy. Like, oh, I love to buy one of these. Oh, I love to have one of those. And you know, you have to buy it. But then, like, because yep. you know, you were talking about the chopper thing. I was like, yeah. Then there's like the bikes that you really want, but you have to make them. Yeah, you have to create them, man. Yeah. So it's like, dude, like bikes like those is like you can never sell them because like it because the effort and the time that you put into like yep. making this bike, like yeah, like buying a buying a rear bike, buying some Cobra or something's cool, and like you got a Cobra, but like. I'd sell that before I sold something that like I took a lot of time to like build and piece together. Well, that, yeah. Like you were saying earlier, man, the hours, the hours you put into a bike, I, you know, are more sentimental and more worthwhile than anything else. Like that I'd, I'd let a, you know, quote unquote rare bike go way before I would a bike that I, you know, I still have my first bike ever and it's, it's had like a couple of iterations now, but I'm like that, you know, it's more sentimental to me than anything else. And I probably have more hours wrenching on it than anything else. So I'm like, it, I'm one, I know I'm never going to see the value out of it. And that that's fine. Like I don't expect it, but also, you know, just, I I've loved every iteration and experimenting and learning. And, and it just like, for me, it's like how far I've come in mopeds and what I've learned and, and kind of, you know, it, it always kind of not brings a tear to the eye, but it's, it's great to see. Like it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you're like, damn, like you and I have been through a lot together. Yeah. And I love to like, look back to like how bikes have changed. Cause like a lot of people go through that. Like we're like, they'll start with a bike that was stock and then they'll do this upgrade to it and they'll do this upgrade. And then like, eventually end up in this place years down the road and like it's completely different from where they started and you're just like man like i've done a lot with just this one bike yeah and that's you know we like uh it was wild like we met this team rando this year that like he showed up and so like colorado has like uh registration stickers from like way back when they were first bought Mm -hmm. and his bike and my bike were like one number off Oh, and they're both white maxis and i was like this is why like that's really cool uh like the vin the vins weren't like one number off which would have been absolutely insane but just like the the color registrations were one number off and i was like two white maxis one number off like i i got to imagine these might have come from like the same owner or something yeah um his was like still completely stock and he was like oh you know i think i'm gonna go like EBRs and get some like rear shocks and go disc brake and all this stuff. And I was like, nah, man, like you should, you should just put like a, like a TCCD kit and a mild pipe and like a reasonable carb on there and then upgrade to like EBRs and stuff. Cause like if you just go all safety first, you're still doing 28 miles an hour yeah. with like disc brakes, which is, I don't know, kind of scary to me. <laughs> And I'm like, you, you know, do, you should, you should spend some money, like just mildly upgrading it. And then as you're doing that, like then go like EBRs and then, you know, upgrade the safety aspects too. But and like that, kind of, that kind of kit upgrade too is like super reasonable. It's the most affordable Pook upgrade yeah. you can ever do. Like if you guys are into mopeds and you have an E50, just get a TCDC, TCD yeah. kit or whatever the fuck. Yep, it'll do mid forties, and it'll yep. and it'll and it'll and it doesn't cost anything. The replacement no. piston on that kit is twenty dollars. Yeah, you can literally buy the motor and buy a replacement piston at the same time, and you're still coming in like a hundred dollars less than like the next kit up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that's, I mean, like I, I love, like I run the treats read on, on quite a few of my bikes. And I'm like, that's still, as far as a rated bike goes, like that's super reasonably priced. Oh, but yeah. the TCCD is still with an intake for, for a treats read, you're looking at still oh, easily a hundred dollars less. Yeah. And cause you can use, you know, the stock intake. So you're like, cool. Like, you know, do a boss pipe or a bi turbo or whatever. And, you know, do any of that. And, the a fourteen B, a nice yeah. Fuego pipe, chromed. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Those, I, I still, I will stand by that they do have like a secret, a high RPM area. Like if you, if you really get those pipes going, it, it takes a lot. It's absolutely insane. But if you really get those pipes going, I think there's like a secret high RPM. I don't know reverberation or whatever in that chamber, but there's, there's definitely a, a little bit more there. I mean, for like for a cheap pipe that's like you yeah. know and not a crazy size kit or something, they're fine. Like they're yeah. a good upgrade, and you know they'll give you that extra five miles an hour you were looking for, and that's all you really needed. Yep. Mopeds are fun, dude. <laughs> I I love it, man. Yeah, like uh, that's... yeah. For, no, I'm just saying, like that's it, man. For sure, like mopeds are they're fun. I don't see myself like leaving them anytime soon. Maybe like trying to get less obsessed and like, you know, diversify my yeah. time, which is hard, <laughs> but yeah, that's where I'm at with it's, it. All of my, all of my like non moped friends definitely know that I'm way to mopeds and like, I don't know. It's hard because I'm like, that's not all I always want to talk about. But at the same time, I'm like, that's, all that I'm ever really thinking about. So it tells me that I'm, I'm not quite done with mopeds yet. You know, I probably won't be for a long time, but it, it's, you know, it's usually, you know, forefront of the mind and just kind of thinking about, especially, you know, when you're working on something and it doesn't quite make sense or you had to leave the project sitting there and you're like, go somewhere and you're like socializing and you're like, yeah, but what about what, what did I like, do wrong or what's not going right or where's my tuning off or what you know and you're like having a full-on conversation with somebody who could like couldn't even care less and you're like in the either in the back of your mind or you're just spitting out of your mouth like yeah i think my carburetor i just got to move the you know needle like up or down or it's just wild yeah for sure that dude mopeds stay on the mind they, they take up a lot of space uh mentally <laughs> Yeah, and I think yeah. for like people that like have been in them for a really long time, and you are starting to feel like it's not as exciting as it used to be, and it's becoming more of a pain in the ass because it can get there, especially when you start hoarding and collecting too many bikes, and you just end up with a shit ton of stuff that's taking yeah. up space and it's taking up time mentally, and it's taking up time like to like physically like fix these things and repair them and maintain them, and like per- to prevent burnout, I think a I think a good move is for people to like cut back, dude. Like if you have, if you feel yourself getting to that point where like, like there's mopeds aren't the most important shit, you know, there, there's other things in life, like sell off some of the horde, cut back to like two bikes or something and like get rid of all the extra excess junk and like, you know, breathe easy. Cool. You got two bikes that run all the time, like way less stressful. (laughs) It is. It is. And you know what? They'll, they'll, you know, they'll always come back around, obviously, as we're all getting older and they're 45 years old and whatnot. Like, you know, they're, they're becoming more rare, but they're, they're always going to be out there. And like, I, I think the same thing. Like, if you're getting overwhelmed, sure, like, you know, 
step out of the game, sell what you got, and and maybe keep one or two to to always keep it there. The nice thing, and I think for you and for us, I'm always I'm always thankful that I don't live in a really nice climate because if it was if it was super nice year round, then it would just be always riding season and never be like fixing season. Yeah. So it's nice to kind of live where it's it's you know you get some snow and you get a little bit of time where you're able to kind of step away and then summer rolls around and you're able to really like and really enjoy it and I think more like appreciate it more than anything. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's our like Jim and all those Midwest boys are just like, oh man, we get to ride for three months a year, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Like their time's yeah. so limited that they, that, they, that they really love it, you know, squeezing in time. Yeah, the Minnesota and Mont- Montana, all of that, like they they got a sh- shorter riding riding season than most of us, so yeah, hell yeah. Well, dude, thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate it. You know, hanging. Yeah, out. I'm glad, glad we we figured it out. Definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah. We're excited, man. Thanks for thanks for having us. I mean, we're super appreciative and and glad to kind of tell people we're what we're about and introduce ourselves and and whatnot. So we appreciate it. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, where can everyone find you guys uh, personally and your club on like Instagram and stuff like that? Uh, we are on Instagram, uh, Syndicate MC. I think, yeah, is I our... think it's DMC, like Denver Moped Club. Um, and then i'm personally on instagram as grandpapa and facebook under graham wilson Uh, i'm like in the you know most of the facebook moped forums i don't post a lot but you can probably find me yeah our syndicates i'll spell it out because it's a funky spell it's s-y-n-d-i-k-i-t-s DMC syndicates DMC is on Instagram. Cool. And I'll tag it in the, like, the show notes and stuff like that, dude. Where, where can they find you personally? Uh, me personally, uh, my Instagram is the orange bug, the <laughs> underscore orange underscore bug. I've got a 73 Volkswagen beetle. That's orange or black. So, Oh yeah. Well, dude, and I'm on Facebook is camera Davison too. So sick. I'm not on Facebook much though. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think anyone Facebook yeah. much anymore. Facebook's kind of dying out. But. Yeah, you know, gotta gotta you know save it for the meta. I do gotta get my Bitcoin ready. Yeah. <laughs> Buy some digital real there estate. Yep. <laughs> Dude, I really want to fucking um, do uh, moped NFTs. I think that'd be super fun. Like to like, be, to yeah. like to save mopeds forever like sick i brought like bring mopeds to like nft like all right cool we got digital versions of like maxis and like you know yeah. all the pictures you can have like interchangeable wheels and shit like yeah that would be cool <laughs> they live I think that'd, be that'd be so cool i my worry is like you you get people into it and like like nfts now where they're worth hundreds of thousands of dollars and i mean it'd be cool that my maxi was worth like 20 grand but if i wanted to buy one i'd also be kind of pissed about that right yeah <laughs> we all just catch out on mopeds real quick <laughs> it's like dude like my, my 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 digital moped costs more than my real moped <laughs> right <laughs> i love it that's a cool idea i like you know interchangeable rate you're like oh like you know i wanted some five stars on here some you know some of those Kreidler wheels for 
that are, I, I think those are some of the most beautiful wheels out there. And like, see those going and you're like, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see what those look like on my bike. So it'd be sick, dude. I think it'd be super fun. Just like digital, like NFTs and like of every moped that's ever done. And then like all the wheels and all the parts and they're all like interchangeable. So you can just like have endless, like, uh, you know, fucking things. Of, I can't even remember what they call them. I don't watch enough. I don't read enough or listen to enough stuff about, uh, NFTs in the internet. I mean, <laughs> you, you probably know way more than I do, but yeah. no, I, I think that'd be rad. And like, you know, you'd be like, oh, this fender, what does this look like or whatever? <laughs> so that'd be rad. We need, we did more than that, like create a video game or something and yeah. just like have, have specs of every carburetor. So you'd be like, oh, what if I threw this carb on there? And it would just like kind of tell you what the power would be like. That'd be fucking wild. Oh, yeah. Metaverse rally. Oh, shit. No. Oh, <laughs> metaverse rally. That's what we needed, you know, in 2020, man. <laughs> yeah, that would have saved all of us, dude. All right, guys. Right? <laughs> Meet up, dude. We're, we're riding in fucking, you can go ride in, in like different video game landscapes. <laughs> Dude, that would be wild. Tonight, tonight we're riding mopeds in Skyrim, dude. Meet me there. Boom. Done. (laughs) Grand Theft Auto moped. That seems like it would be the most dangerous thing ever. Oh, my God. Awesome, man. Well, we appreciate it a lot. Definitely have to do this again soon. Yeah, Yeah. dude. Hell, yeah. Like, let me know, like, when the rally gets closer, you guys have, like, your plan together. I'll, you know, get you back on and talk about the rally. Yeah. Well, uh, well, I, I think, you know, we wanted to announce it here and then we're going to hit up Simon about posting it, but, uh, it's going to be, uh, could be, could be peaches, could be lunch meat. <laughs> Whatever, dude, it'll be a good time regardless. Yeah, for sure. Awesome, man. I right. appreciate it. Later, boys. See Boom. Another week down with the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Um, another thing, man, um, the homie Joe Nix from out West did this sick, like art gallery show and like his paintings and his stuff are rad. It's like moped motors and different parts, like kind of like collage and mixed together all crazy. It looks sick though. Like his stuff's awesome. I posted it on our stories on moped, uh, Monday podcasts on Instagram. So check it out. Uh, I'm going to try to get him on the podcast soon and like we can like talk about like his uh you know moped inspired artwork. He also is the same guy who did the mural on the side of Magic Touch mopeds out in Seattle. So if you've never seen like that shop, check out Magic Touch and you'll see like the sickest moped mural on the side and be like, "Yo, this dude's legit." Which he is. So check out his stuff like buy like you know some of his paintings. He's got some fucking uh prints for sale right now that are legit. I want to buy one, but you know, I'm fucking blowing it. Um, yeah, but thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Another week down. It's been fun. Syndicates, Ride Club, they're doing the thing, holding down for Denver, you know. And yeah, man, if you guys have a club, if you guys have a guest that you think should be on the podcast or you yourself would like to be on, feel free to hit me up at mopedmoneypodcast at gmail.com. And I'd love to get you on. Also, you can email us if you have a topic or something you think we should get into or talk about. I got some things brewing. I got some ideas that I'm trying to do. And I think a lot of that's just going to come from me, like, just, like, listen to other podcasts and stealing their shit, do what they do. But who knows? Like, maybe I'll be more original. I don't know. But, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can like it on iTunes or whatever, you know, send us some comments, some fucking, you know, you know, messages or whatever those things are, man. Like, you know, so share it on social media. Tell some, Tell your buddy about it. And if you would like, we got T-shirts and all that other stuff for sale in our store at mopedmonday.com. 
So yeah, fuck your car. Ride a moped. So um, what are your favorite moped sounds? Fuck your car. Ride a moped. I don't know. Like touch a flower. Is it moving? Like no, nah, feel free locked up. Sounds like you're fucked, dude. Oh boy. Wah, wah, wah.